This is Glenn Crooks on frame. Building out of the back, it's something coaches will often discuss, but it's a, a particularly uh, bright subject uh, over the last few days because that was the theme of the destruction of the U.S. men's national team when they lost to Mexico Friday night at MetLife Stadium 3-0. So uh, a lot of the discussion, the questions of Greg Berhalter and the players was the style. And uh, so uh, a couple of things here. Uh, one, I want to introduce uh, a gentleman who is uh, very much involved in uh, player development and, and coaching education. And I think when we look at this and compare it also to what New York City FC is trying to do under Dome Tehran, there's a lot of parallels. And then do you wonder, does Greg Berhalter and his staff have enough time? Because what Dome Tehran has said from the outset is, I need time. I need time. Does Greg Berhalter have enough time to develop this building out of the back, which at times was disastrous on Friday night? So the guy I want to bring in, he is uh, the boys director of the Elite Clubs National League. He's a former pro player, former sporting director with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds uh, in USL. Uh, he's Jason Cutney. Jason, welcome. How are you? Doing well, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, I think this is a, a pretty worthy uh, discussion here because this is really kind of uh, that conundrum. And I think we've all been involved with that. I know on the collegiate level, you wonder, do I have enough time to insert what I really want to do because the season is so compact? But what's your initial thought? Well, I, I'll tell you what we'll do. Here's what we'll do for the audience. Let's play... Uh, post-game of USA-Mexico, Zach Steffen, the goalkeeper, then Christian Pulisic, and then the head coach, Greg Berholder. Let's give this a listen, and, and then we'll talk about it. That's what we want to do. We want to bring teams to, to, to open them up and, and, and cut through them. Um, and it's all based on trust and being brave and, and being fearless. Um, and I think at times tonight we shied away from that. We kind of just passed the rock, passed the bomb away, and... Um, and, and we could, I think, at times we could have helped each other out more. Um, and, but that's all part of the process. It's really based on, on my player's movement. Uh, when I get the ball, I, I got to have at least, at least two options. I mean, um, if I don't, then I feel like, all right, we're under pressure, all right, we'll go long. Um, but the way we play, we look for the advantage, and, and we want to. It's all based off on of movements and, and the way the team's pressing. Um, and yeah, at times it's it's a little sketchy um, and tight. Um, but when it gets like that, it's, it means that the team's open, and then the options are there, and you can sometimes play, and you can get out. So that's our goal. We want to we want to change the the way that the world views us, um, and we want to play soccer. We want to play football. We want to keep the ball on the ground and, and, and be able to play through teams and, and um, disrupt teams and, and um, that's that's our style and that's what we're working on and, and it's a process and um, there's going to be times like tonight uh, but then there's also going to be good times so we just got to keep going and uh, continue to be strong and, and mentally strong physically strong and stick together and uh, just really trust one another. Of course, there's frustrations when you lose 3-0. There's always frustrations. But, uh, I mean, we have a style of play that we're setting out and we're, we're still trying to, to execute. And obviously today, it, uh, you know, we didn't pull it off at all times. But, you know, in the mix of things, there were a few good moments. And that's, that's all we can take from it and just try to continue to learn. 
there needs to be a lot more movement and a lot more just creativity within the team and, and, and just confidence when we go out and play against you know, good opponents. We have to go out and, and play like, like we're good enough to be out there and be confident and play without thinking twice about it. And that's, that's how it needs to be, and that's just not where we're at right now. Our focus was um, to keep trying, to focus on making progress as a group, being brave with the ball, being looking for those openings. I think there were times when it was good, and there are times when it wasn't so good, but that's going to be the case. Um, if you look at Mexico, there's times when their build-out wasn't perfect either. To me, it's the message to the group is use this as a, um, an opportunity to continue to grow, and, and I think that's what we did. We made some mistakes, but it's not, it, it wasn't critical. It was a time to keep going, keep learning what this group is about. And, um, you know, to me, it was a, a valuable exercise. Greg, do you feel like you have... Um the players, the midfielders, especially to in this pool to receive the ball under pressure, turn and play out of it? And um, if so, and you've, if they were on the field tonight, is there something to be learned from doing it and failing and, and saying, so what, keep, keep doing it? I, I think so. I mean, I, I see where the narrative is going now, right? It's why are we playing the way we're playing? We don't ha that's the first question. <laughs> The second thing is we don't have the players to do it, right? That's what all you guys are thinking. And to me, it's about developing players. You know, when you think about a guy like Weston McKinney, it's a perfect opportunity for him to play at a high level under, against a very good team and work on these things. We're, we're making progress. Uh, you're not, you know, that's not going to be your narrative right now, and I understand that. But internally, we believe we're making progress. All right. So, uh, Jason, uh what do you think of all that? You know, there, there is a common theme in there. So what's your initial reaction? Uh, you know, I think my initial reaction is that I agree. You know, I, there, it's a process. I mean, you've heard that over and over and over again. It's going to take time. It's a process. Of course, no one wants to hear that. You know, the, the American society is not a very uh, patient society. We want things now. We want them to be perfect right now. Um, but it takes time, you know, and, and, and soccer is an art. It's a form of art. It's not going to be something that you master uh, overnight. And certainly I think when you, when you hear what these guys are saying, they're in that environment every day. You know, we are not. We are on the outside looking in. We're, we're spectators. We don't see all the intricacies of what's going into it. We don't know if they have improved based on what they're seeing. We just see a result. And, and so I find myself just, you know, in, in some ways sympathetic to them because certainly they're hard at work. You know, they, they're, they're trying to build for something that is really going to come to fruition potentially years from now. And we're hoping that it takes place today. You know, and that's not an easy position to be in. So do you think Greg Berhalter and his staff, uh, let's, let's take it from this standpoint, do we have the level of player that against Mexico, once they put the pressure on, has the capability of playing this way? I think that's a, a legitimate question. And if we don't, or good players that don't have the technical prowess as of yet, if we don't, you know, what's the role of uh, grassroots and beyond, you know, where, where you're at uh, with ECNL? Is it, uh, is it vital that somehow the, the entire country gets on the same page and wants to play the same way as the U.S. men's national team coach, who by the time the 10-year-olds you're training, you know, are ready to go, he's not even going to be around anymore. Maybe a new philosophy comes in. But what do you, what do you think? Well, <clears throat> I, I don't think you'll ever get the entirety of the United States to play the same way. You know, and I, I think there's been some, you know, some failures in that regard as well. 
historically. And and so when you look at all of youth soccer, I think what makes America great is that, you know, it, it's it's soccer. It's not football right now. I mean, it, it's all these different ideologies coming together, all these different nationalities, all these different cultures represented that all free flow into whatever each particular coach and each particular club thinks is right. And that's okay. I mean, we need to celebrate that. But what, you know, the guiding light for us has to be a U.S. national team that we can look upon and say, wow, you know, that, that is how you play beautiful soccer. Uh, and I think for many years we've just looked around the world and said, well, they're doing it right. Let's take their ideas. And then, no, now they're doing it right. Let's take their ideas. And, you know, that, that doesn't work. I mean, it's the culture of the United States has to be built into our DNA and, and the way we play soccer. And I think what we, what we start to see over time is that the players, you know, to answer your question and, and dovetail is the players that we have right now in the U S national team are not as good as the Mexican players. I, I mean, I, I think that was, I thought it was clear from my opinion, from my eyes. I think we had some moments where we showed the ability. I think players like Christian uh, absolutely stood out as being at that level and above that level, but we don't have that many others that are standing out in that same respect. And so when you're trying to play this way, it's just going to take a level of discipline um, that we don't have right now. Do we have raw athletes? Absolutely. Do we have the ability to probably win if we, if we put them all on the track and ran races? Sure. If we played them in baseball, absolutely. But it's not, you know, and, and so when we look at this, I think the art and the, the ability to make the right decisions is what's going to take the time. We have to weather these guys into making better decisions and games like that against Mexico help that that is a test to get us ready for the bigger test, which is down the line. Well, I agree. And uh, I'm, you know, really when, when Burhalter took charge, whether he was the right choice or not uh, among the candidates or the candidates who weren't interviewed, uh, Burhalter came on in his first press conference and, and talked about how he wanted to play. And, uh, you know, as a as someone who's coached uh, in the country for a long time, and uh, I don't know how you felt, but I I was happy to hear it. He basically said, "We're going to play." And uh, but then you get that you get to that level. I mean, how many years is it going to take before the U.S. develops players that can play in that manner? You know, to me, that's the that's the choice. We'd have a better chance of winning right now if we played uh, a, a way that maybe was more direct, more aggressive, the physical, the 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 nature of soccer that has. Uh, along the way has uh, has proved to be successful yeah i mean we can you know the we can always go back to the bigger faster stronger team wins approach um i think historically we've seen that it it doesn't work really that well you know and so eventually it it gets found out and the ball is faster than the legs and so you know the, the brain is the fastest moving thing on the field we need to improve in that regard I think we just haven't had the right mix yet across the board in the U.S. national team. We've absolutely had players that, you know, if you if you took a consortium of the best players of all time within U.S. soccer and you got guys like Tab Ramos out there and but you put them in with guys like Christian and you, know, you just kept going down that path. We, we have guys that can do it, but I think what I keep going back to in, in my brain is, you know, who is the number 10 in U.S. soccer? You know, do we have a true number 10? Have we produced many number 10s over the last – I don't know, 10 years, you know, and, and for me, I don't think we really have, and that's a bit scary. That's the, that's the creative thinker of the group. That's the guy that's going to really unlock a lot of the doors. I don't know if we've done a great job of creating tens and, you know, and, and I have a, I have my own thoughts as to why that is within the U S soccer and, and within this country, but you know, it really comes down to giving a coach like Greg time 
to develop these guys. If they're going to make mistakes, allow them to make mistakes. Don't roast them for them and replace them the next day because maybe then making that mistake once or twice even helps them so they don't make it again. And, and you know, that's what we saw against Mexico. Uh, boys director of the ECNL, Jason Cutney with us. So, again, though, the in this particular cycle, does he have the time to yeah, and qualifications going to be coming up? Uh, does he have the time to uh, to produce an effective unit that can get out of the group and and maybe uh, advance even further in 2022? Got to qualify first, and, and you hear you you look at the response on Twitter and social media, and it's like. Uh, you know, these are supporters, uh, even members of the media who have never played the game, who have never coached the game. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of knee jerk going on. Well, I think in general in society, Twitter has offered, uh, you know, it's, a, it's opened a lot of opportunities for people that can be uh, experts all of a sudden, you know, and, and we're all we're, we're all guilty of it from time to time. We all sit sure. back and we all have our uh, our moments where we, we bitch and moan about things. But I think the reality is, you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset personally that if someone just said, look, four years from now, the U.S. national team will be in a way different situation. Uh, they'll be able to compete against the, you know, the, the Belgiums of the world, these tiny countries that dominate us from time to time. I, for me, the one of the lowest points in U.S. soccer was years back in the World Cup where Belgium played us, and we just looked like we had zero chance of ever even. I, I, don't, I don't even know. You know, there's there was no hope in that game. And have we grown since then? I think so. You know, it's just a matter of can we continue to grow? And if we shut it down and shut down expectations for a few years. Would that help? And in professional sports, the hardest thing is what you said. Will the coach have enough time to do it? And, you know, that's that's always the worry for me. I've I've had the opportunity to go out and watch Greg coach when he was in the MLS um, and he runs a tremendous training session. You know, he, he gets guys on the same page. He did a great job with Columbus. I think it's just going to come down to does he have that time? to build the tolerance for mistakes amongst these guys and wrap their brain around what to do and pressure. You know, when you're trying to build out a pressure, you need to have a few options. And knowing those options is one thing, being able to cue them in your brain before the ball gets to you so that you're already seeing, do you have options one, two, and three? That takes time. And and the only way you can truly test that is against teams like Mexico that are going to press you really well. And hopefully we're better from that opportunity that we had the other night. Well, I wrote the the story in Pro Soccer USA ahead of this uh, podcast, and, and one of the things that I compared was uh, I, Zach Steffen talked about how when the ball gets played back to him, he has to have these options. And not long ago, Sean Johnson, the New York City FC goalkeeper, as Dolme Tarant put it, uh, Dolme Tarant needed Sean to recognize things sooner, but he also said his central defenders needed to get into proper positions also. And, and I, I, I'm comparing and contrasting this for the particular reason that Dolme Tarant has this team day in and day out. Greg Berhalter at Columbus could work on these things day in and day out. He had Zach Steffen. He had Will Trapp, who's been playing holding mid and was the holding midfielder against Mexico. It, it, you get back to that that time thing, and, and Steffen says the same thing Johnson says, and then the other words that resonate that were clear on both sides is being brave and having courage. And that was just about three weeks to a month ago that Alex Ring was saying that after a match, the captain for New York City FC, after New York City went down to Atlanta and lost 2-1 in front of that big crowd at Mercedes-Benz, they didn't play with, with courage or bravery. And they've been working on this for a long time. 
Yeah, I mean, bravery for me is the the number one thing. I mean, I, you know, the, the understanding of the game, <clears throat> I think that comes with time. I think that comes with experience. You know, I, as, a, as a professional player, I was better in years five, six, and seven than I was in years one, two, and three for a number of reasons. You know, it just, it's like anything else. As a pro player, the time is, will your body allow you to last as you get smarter in the game? Well, you know, here it's similar where we're looking at this and saying, do we give this coach enough time to instill bravery in his players and bravery doesn't mean I'm willing to fly in on a tackle. Bravery means, are you willing to make the right decision under heavy duress? You know, and, and that's, that's when you talk about the Navy seal piece of things, right? That, that's a different level of training. And so is a Navy seal on this first day of training ready to go into combat? The answer is no. You know, we, and we look at soccer players. Well, look, these are 18 guys that we're, we're looking to represent our country similar to Navy SEALs. And so we have to give them the time to train, train properly. If the trainers aren't the right trainers, you change the trainers. Well, now we've done that. We've put Greg in there with his staff. They have to be given time to put these guys and, and get them ready for combat. And right now they're not there. And I want to go back to one thing you said, uh, uh, the number 10, the playmaker. How can you play this way, which is uh, it's integral to play between the lines, play in a half spaces, he had Iguain at Columbus. I think that was one of the reasons uh, he succeeded so much there with this playing style. So without that, how do you do it? And then how do? You, why aren't we developing that? And th- again, we go back down to the responsibility uh, of us, uh, those that are the, that are coaching, uh, and 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 how that gets developed. Doesn't there need to be some semblance of? Uh, consistency, because I'm a believer in diversity, but doesn't there need to be some uh, level of consistency in order to to get that player, and and then eventually he's promoted to uh, the big team and is playing internationally. Yeah, and that I think to to for me, and when I look at youth soccer, that right there, what you just said, that is our responsibility. The the people that are involved in youth soccer in this country from an infrastructure standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from the grassroots, everyone that's involved, we have to create the number 10s in this country. You create that through building the right environment, by building the culture, by having soccer balls around your house for your little kids, by having games on in the, in the background that they can watch and, and as players to aspire to. But we don't do enough in this country of building number 10s because as soon as the, the youth under seven and eight game starts and kicks off and the whistle is blown the parents start yelling from the sideline to launch the ball down the field they're clapping for the kid in the back that has the quote-unquote big kick and the fast kid up top but we always forget about that little kid in the middle in the engine room that's creating everything that you know we call the ball hog well the ball hog as a seven and eight year old oftentimes turns into the player at 15 16 that's really really special that then can be our next number 10 we do a lot in this country to take that ball hog and move him up three ages so he can't dominate as much. And, you know, we, we complain about him and we write letters to the local boards and say, well, this kid's ball hog, you know, and, and their, their dad's the coach and blah, blah, blah. I, we have to get through that because those are the special players. And, and when you look at this country and what we do, even with education on, on the coaching piece, we talk so much about connecting lines and connecting lines and connecting lines. We never talk about the skills that are required for a player to play in between those lines we never talk about it we never really dive into what it takes to properly trap a ball and teach a kid how to properly trap a ball on a turn or to have a little deft touch into space we don't work on that stuff at all when we go through licensing courses we just say how do you connect lines and so you know the way you connect lines is by 
having players that know how to beat lines and players that can play in between lines. Otherwise, it's just writing a book and reading a book, you know, and, and we have we have too much of that in this country. We need more creative flair. We need more players that can think for themselves and can just kind of, you know, go out there and do it rather than be told, here's the X's and O's. So, All right. Well, you've set up a future show for us, uh, Jason. Very good. Uh, one final thought. So let's just let's put it on the table. Uh, you are uh, in support or not in support of uh, Greg Burhalter continuing with this philosophy, style, and system as it leads to 2022. I'm in support, and and you know I'll, I'll give you two quick reasons why. One, because if we just make another change, then we just perpetuate our own problems. And two, I think he understands the American game, you know, and, and that those two things I think are really important here. The commissioner of the Boys Elite Clubs National League, ECNL, and former sporting director of the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Jason Cutney. The U.S. will meet Uruguay Tuesday night in St. Louis to close out this international break. The expectation is that Burhalter and his team will continue on the theme of playing good soccer. As Zach Steffen said, quote, we want to change the way the world views us. Personally, I admire and agree with Burhalter's vision and implore the soccer public to have patience. Look out for my story on this in Pro Soccer USA, comparing and contrasting the U.S. men's national team and New York City FC, both with a strong desire to build out of the back and solve pressure through passing precision in tight spaces. But one coach has a lot of time to work with his players on those specifics, while the other does not. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.